Welcome. This is Imprisoned in Prison, uh, the Prisoner podcast, where we go through the episodes of The Prisoner. There we go. First episode. Is that an intro? It is now. Okay. Welcome to Prison. Yeah. This is Matt Comages. It's Mark Malik, also. All right. I, I thought I'd make this like a full name podcast because I always just say this is Matt. So. Now I'm, sure. now I'm giving you, now you can find me. Actually, um, you can always, this is a dull apparently podcast. there's a, yeah, there's a golf player with my name and, um, mm. I always, I keep getting like followers on Instagram from like golfers. So I'm assuming they <laughs> think they're finding the, the wrong person. <laughs> nice. You should try and like, just sell them golf equipment. That's fake. Well, I could just, I could steal my father-in-law's golf equipment and then sell it to them. That'd be horrible. Well, that's not nice. <laughs> no, it's not nice at all. Steal someone you don't know's golf equipment and sell them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just noting there is an avid golfer in this house. It's just not me. Yeah, he said he was going to come to the Masters sometime. <laughs> okay, right. Anyway, if you do want to send us your golf information, I guess for now, uh, this is for the time being also airing on the Oral Hygiene feed. So Oral Hygiene Pod on Twitter, Facebook's probably the best place to look for us. At the moment, I'm crossing the streams. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're on the first episode here. It's the arrival, arrival into. I, I now you were saying the island. I'm saying the village. I, I maybe you're crossing lost tracks in here. Well, yeah, it is a village. Yeah, I mean, it could it just be an island feels too. like it's an island. It probably is an island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly a good chance, right? But we really don't know, which is. What's your history? Let's go over our histories with the with the series. Okay, um, for me it was you know it was a, about 1999, 2000 when they when you just started getting like complete sets of TV on DVD, right? And that seemed like an amazing novelty. Like I can spend like 40 bucks and have this complete TV show. That's insane. Because the prisoner is something you might have picked up on PBS here and there and seen a totally random episode, but it's one of the first series where it's episodic there's kind of a through line i think it's one of the first series to really do that because something like you know uh rawhide or star trek they hit the reset button as hard as they could every week and this one doesn't so much unless you're number two yeah unless you're but that's that's almost like a running joke so it's still yes (laughs) a a couple of number twos actually last more than one episode yeah but that is true but um, yeah, so I watched it at the time, 20, 21 years old. And, you know, I liked it. and It was trippy. But recently I've been thinking, man, I, I know a lot more I, since then. I bet I could read a lot more into the show now. Well, for me, I just absorbed it randomly over the course of time. I don't remember watching all. I don't think I ever sat down and watched all of it in a row. <laughs> so I've just really uh, kind of desecrated the idea of how, how hard they work to make this a coherent story yeah. that goes in a row <laughs> i don't remember the ending oh okay good that's a big one <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i don't remember the ending there are specific episodes where i'm like i sort of peek at the imdb and i'm like oh yeah i remember that one yeah so we are Never. kind of yeah but we are running through this 
basically from a, you know, we don't really know what happens after the episode we're watching sort of thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And I might sneeze soon. I'm not sure. So why don't you tell us some trivia while I may or may not sneeze? Okay, Irish Pactor. I already messed Irish Pactor. I can't do this. <laughs> All right, Irish... <laughs> Irish actor Patrick McGoon was born 1928 in NYC. That is irrelevant, but I just felt like pointing out these from America, but he's not. Not really. He he grew up in uh, Ireland. Oh, yeah. You're throwing me off there for a second. Also born in 1928. Well, when number six gives his birthday, it's the exact same date and year. We don't really know. So number six is Patrick McGoon. Okay. Most likely. Or it's Patrick McGoon's characters from previous previous series he he started series such as danger man and secret agent he was usually cast in the role of the angry young man which is relevant to the series by the way (laughs) (laughs) during the third season of secret agent he felt like the series had run its course so he resigned and then set up a production company to pitch a new show to itc in collaboration with script editor george markstein the concept was partly inspired by a conversation he had at a party at the end of Secret Agent. After the end of Secret Agent, someone asked him, what does a Secret Agent do when he retires? And then members of Parliament happened to be at that same party. And he asked, I don't know, what does happen? And, and they said, they're taken care of, given a house, car, and some money so they don't defect. So that was sort of his inspiration. I mean, depending on who you ask, that might have been made up. You never really... This is one of those, this is one of those series where it sort of uh, disputed how much McGowan actually did but uh, it seems like he did so much that he didn't even take credit for a lot of the things he did so we don't even we don't even know for sure we know that he scripted some co-wrote some scripts uncredited but it's uh, classy anyway. the entirety of the series was filmed in the resort village of port marion in north wales is it an uh, island i guess not is okay. wales an island no, Wales is not an island, but I imagine they okay. have islands off the coast. You know what they say? No whale is an island. Ah, yes. But the series wasn't shown there until 1970. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Magoon wanted the series to last seven episodes, but Lou Grade of ITC, you might know him as being basically the guy who produced the entirety of The Muppet Show and called in a bunch of favors to get all those incredible stars to, to be on The Muppet Show. Uh he would only agree to two series of 13 episodes each when they were supposed to be done with both the series. They only had 13 in the can. So either he pulled the plug or McGowan told him they couldn't do any more, depending on who you ask. Uh, grade then agreed to four more episodes as long as production continued uninterrupted. So we have a total of 17 episodes. The pilot arrival was written by Markstein and McGowan uncredited with david tomlin who worked with mcguin on secret agent and would go on to co-write two more episodes and direct two more episodes as well as service producer for the entire series this pilot was directed by don chaffee who would go on to direct three more prisoner episodes and later episodes of the avengers charlie's angels fantasy island and the film chomps which you should probably do on sci-fi sanctuary chomps dog yeah it's about a dog you yell numbers at him you yell I mean, numbers at the dog. I can go like yell, yell numbers at a dog now. 32, and then he knows to do execute order 32. Okay, that's the important part. Just like, I don't know, poop. Probably. <laughs> and I think he two. blows I think he blows up at the end. I think it's a robot. 
probably a robot. Mm. Or yeah, like chomps. Cyborg dog. Okay. Execute order 66. <laughs> uh, number two, the first number two, is played in this episode by Guy Dolman, or possibly Guy Dolman. New Zealand actor previously starred in Thunderball and the Deadly Bees. Those are two movies. It's not a movie called Thunderball and the Deadly Bees. Right. New okay. number two, the second number two. We get two entire number twos in this episode. Played by George Baker, known for other Bond films, Honor Majesty's Secret Service and The Spy Who Loved Me. So lots of Bond actors here. Uh, Paul Eddington plays the role of Cobb. He acted on several other British shows and films and was most well-known for starring in Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. You seen yes, those, man? No, <laughs> I, I probably saw it when I was eight years old or something on like you know PBS and turned the channel. Briefly, it looks like a BBC comedy about somebody who's dumb and becomes prime minister. Mm. I don't know if that's accurate or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the woman who loved Cobb and helps number six, just credited as the woman, is played by Virginia Maskell, who played many miscellaneous BBC roles and tragically died from suicide the following year. This was her second to last role. Just wanted to end it on a downer. Okay, I was checking if you're ending on a downer or not. <laughs> ending on a downer. So anyway, the prisoner. I'm flipping down to my story time. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Our intrepid protagonist storms his way into a swank London office and straight up resigns. He returns home only to end up gassed. Upon waking, he finds himself in a strange seaside village. The taxis are local only as well as the maps. And trying to look farther out than that brings you in contact with a strange, seemingly sentient, and potentially deadly big rubber ball. Our man, we, called Rover, I should give the ball a name. Our man, who has been given the number six, plays a bit of chess with the locals, but his goal is beyond that faceless behemoth that is the village wants to know why he resigned. Number six finds a former colleague, Cobb, wasting away in the village infirmary. The two make a plan to escape, but it's all a sham. Six ends up right where he started, while a seemingly dead Cobb is seemingly set free as his subterfuge played out the first major mind game on number six. Okay, now, now you can go. Okay, so the prisoner. Okay, so the so, prisoner. So the prisoner, yes. Um, we get to talk about, I mean, we're not going to talk about the, the opening every week, but it's certainly a good time to talk about the opening because it's one of the, I, I think it's one of the cooler TV openings you have. It's great. It's like the, uh, wasn't the opening to Get Smart exactly like that, except for instead of resigning, he's just what got in the phone booth. Yeah, he's like walking through like big doors and stuff. Yeah, I think it's. So much I, I think that's patterned after a bunch of other shows. Yeah, I think maybe Mission Impossible did that too. I, they like I'm the not sure. fire, right? And get the that's how you know there's out. subterfuge. You go inside of a thing. You go inside of a thing that's secret. Yeah, but um, yeah, you you do wonder what kind of wild conspiracy theory he knows about and is leaving over. <laughs> I, I am, uh, as I've said, I don't remember the ending. <laughs> I'm willing to bet it's something really minor and they're just like, they're just overreacting. 
like the coffee machine has like a new brand and it tastes like garbage <laughs> or like his boss cheated on his wife and i like my coffee idea better <laughs> yes maybe his boss took the coffee right right um but yeah it is it's weirdly long too i I do remember the first time watching maybe the second episode i'd seen him and go oh we're gonna do all this again are we yeah <laughs> so um i don't know you could call it a little bit of padding but it's not like this is a shortened show in the first place so i guess it doesn't matter there's a there's a little bit of padding in this show but there's also some really extremely quick cuts in some situations where he just shows up number six just shows up in someone's office you know right, there isn't right. a whole lot of walking to places or driving to places well there's a lot of walking around the village the ball the ball the ball eats you and then you sort of just reset yeah oh his um he's got one of those like you know 60s like what are they called um midgets or something the, the car does these death machines yeah go-kart yeah, it's practically a go-kart it's basically Sorry, a go-kart I, I, it's really I'm, cool i was like i it accomplished the thing where i was like man i wish i was driving that <laughs> that's pretty cool but yeah in the 60s um was it tara something carrie there's the uh you know famously one of the the young playboys about london totally got himself smashed in that car that's what the the beatles song a day in life is about so of course there's also sure. paula's dead theories that have similar stories too so so that part in that song where it goes tink 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 is the card smashing uh, like he didn't notice that the lights had changed, all that do, sort of do, stuff. Do, 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 do. I don't remember much about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember there was clanking. Maybe no wait, that was that was ELO. That wasn't Day in the Life. Oh, that, that was the a song that hammer? sounds very similar. Yeah, they were hitting a fire extinguisher. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> um, I did think it was funny that they have the futuristic wireless phones. Yeah, this anything like this just breaks my brain because I'm like, is this futuristic or is this just a cool thing they had in the 60s? I don't even know. What well, um, did look? I guess they had a Bluetooth speaker. They invented that. Yeah, it looked like a you know 1992 like house phone, but for that's 1967, true. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. It was there was no rotary dial. I don't think you could even use. There weren't even touchstone phones then, were there? Like they didn't even invent that yet, right? Right. Uh, I don't know. There, there's some history. I'm sure there's educational films I need to look at that tell me that dial zonia or something. Yeah, I think there's films that teach you about you know the history of phones. But uh, I guess what would you do? 1963. Oh, okay. So he could have had touchstone. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, but it would have been one of those newfangled things at the time. So, um, indeed, he walks out of his his new apartment or his house, or whatever it is, and then goes straight into spy mode, which makes sense because he was a spy. Um, what would you do? Would you chill out for a while? I think I would freak out and and get myself killed trying How? to get out. Oh, just you'd start running like a madman and then Rover would bring you back and then yeah. you start running like a madman again? Yeah, yeah. I would I would he's playing it number six is playing it a lot smarter than I would. I would like flip out. Just start like biting people and just like actually I was I put this in my notes, like when he's in when they're showing him the island of the helicopter, I would have just like tried to climb across and steal the helicopter while it's in the air. Even if it killed all of us. <laughs> I mean, probably knows how to fly it. Yeah. He's probably had to do that before. I mean, if James Bond would do it, James Bond would have taken the helicopter. 
Yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, yeah, and would have found, I don't know. And then he would have found that ball and then took it to bed. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they do. I that's do a, like an interesting part of this series is that Patrick McGowan like absolutely fought tooth and nail to not have a love interest in it. Well, he's I think like, that makes sense though, because he's supposed to be like so isolated, right? So a love interest would kind of bungle that. That's pretty cool. It's like the opposite of what Wesley Snipes did. <laughs> and blade do you blade. remember he was doing a lot of interviews about how blade was going to get laid and then he just started getting so angry about not having a sex scene that the third movie he flipped out and told everyone they had to uh, like refer to him as blade and wouldn't talk to the director and i think he tried to choke the director <laughs> you can uh pat oswalt has a nice write-up about everything that happened you can okay. uh, you can read that because i just everyone. saw a demolition man when you brought up snipes yeah I, that movie was fun, but it's weird conservative propaganda, and also Wesley Snipes is just doing an Eddie Murphy impression the whole time. That's cool. I haven't seen it since 1995, so. <laughs> well, that's what that was my take on it. We watched it a few years ago. I, I used to be obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I do like his answer to, would you like a color or black and white map is just a map, which that's not that's not a that's not really an answer to the question <laughs> but the, the the better thing is he doesn't even get a good answer he was like a larger map and it just he just gets a larger version of the same map in color it's, this time yeah in color <laughs> which is great it's great that's a great bit i mean they do service at in the village I, I, you know, there is kind of a disneyland element here i suppose that's probably a lot like celebration florida there i think that's what it's like to live in celebration florida they, wow they what if they Rover? Do you think they can? Do you think they should just remake this entire series, but it's just in Celebration, Florida, and then like Mickey Mouse comes after you instead of a ball? Is that what happens in the two thousand nine version? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, yeah, the, the uh, maybe it's because of the music, you know, because he's just walking around. And it has like an orchestral version of Pop Goes the Weasel playing. I mean, that's that's pretty Disneyland. It's pretty terrifying. I mean, it's like I I I think it's only gotten scarier over time because it's like so much weirder now than it, I guess the Disney version would be. Do you remember when we were in Orlando and went to that Bennigan's and they were playing like Miley Cyrus music super duper loud? Like to the point where it was almost impossible to conversation, even though the Bennigans was almost empty. <laughs> yeah, I was going for I was there for the Monte Cristo. I remember that. Yeah, yeah the Venice. Monte Cristo was great. It was totally worth going there for the Monte Cristo, but it was definitely weird and uncanny. Someone tell us if if Disney World still has a Bennigans because that would be amazing. They can't by this point. I they... believe the chain still exists. Okay, because yeah, I. Yeah, God, how many calories is in that thing? Is that going to make you come back to come back to visit America just for that? No, I just asked about the calories, man. That, it, it must be like three thousand calories. Well, it's it looks like it still exists. That same one we went to. Oh, okay, cool, good for them. Uh, oh, correction. There is the only Florida location is in Melbourne, Florida. Oh, okay, so they have one, but not the the one that just next to it. Most of them are in the Midwest. Ah, and then there are some in Cyprus, El Salvador, Mexico, Qatar, Dubai. Uh, coming soon to Guatemala, Pakistan, Honduras, and Nicaragua. 
man, that company's gotten weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're like four in Cyprus. There are more in Cyprus than there are in Florida and Georgia put together. Huh. Is I is there a, is there a Bennigan's vibe to the village then? We McGowan, you know, Irish, right? Bennigan's fake Irish. I suppose I think it has the same uh, font. They could, I mean, if they had the penny farthing, you know, um, name tags, that would make sense of the Bennigan's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just, uh, you, the, the whole thing is just to break number six's mind and force him to serve at Bennigan's. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the ending, I forgot. If you, if you uh, resign as a spy, you have to serve at Bennigan's. Well, you know, when he goes to see number two and he asks how many eggs he wants, he says two eggs, and then there are already two eggs on the plate that are cooked. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. Like, that's probably a Bennigan's <laughs> cross. That's what it's like to go to Bennigan's, right? He's like, okay, now, now get out of this cool, like, 60s space dome office and get on the get on this dining floor and serve this to somebody. <laughs> how many space domes did you count? I think there were three in this episode. I kind of lost. Space domes? Yeah, because one has a giant. Was there a rotating could, deal? Yeah, yeah. And one of them, I, they they were sitting in like chairs that kept elevating. Where it took, for some reason, it took like eight people to hijack a helicopter, <laughs> which I didn't understand. But maybe that's just how they thought things would be in the future. I've heard that um, eight is the best number for a team. For for some reason, I forgot. But hmm. like more than eight, it's like too many minds on it. And then less than eight, it's like you can't like efficiently dole out all the work enough. Is there a band that had eight people in it? I can't Sha think of one. How many? How many people were in Shanana? Uh, four. Okay, I think they had more than that. I BTS. How many BTS is there? I think there's. Seven. There's like fifty of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's like a lot of BTS. Okay. I, there, there is probably a K-pop group that has eight people in it, but I think most of them either have like four or like a hundred. Six thousand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's like literally like the Mickey Mouse Club. It's like just a stable of polished up dudes and and ladies. Polished um, up. When when you did the trivia part, you mentioned the uh the birth dates and you said that was actually McGowan's birth birth date. Yes. Birthgate. He gave his birth date. <laughs> yeah i was just sitting there thinking about if there was any like numerology you know of that they were going for because it seems like a show where you'd like put in little things like that this feels like a, a show that they did a lot of sort of convenient stuff like a, a lot of people speculate that his character is just the same character from the last two series he was in because you know he was in a, a series called secret agent where he plays secret agent right before this and he plays a guy who quits being a secret agent at the beginning of the series in a series uh, called it's Danger like Man, where he played a Danger Man. Yeah, his co his co writer said it was, but he said it wasn't. But basically, they didn't have the rights to the to that character, so what? they just but, don't have to say it, it's him. And maybe it is. That's it's it. Like really. how, it's like how it's like how The Rock is really a James Bond movie, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You just have to assume James Bond's been rotting in a prison for thirty years, which is a little bit depressing, but. Now I'm trying to or think not. of other other uh, Sean Connery movies. <laughs> in the name of the rose, yeah, Zardoz. Yeah, Zardoz is a James Bond movie. <laughs> he just teleported to some other time period, and oh boy, 
Okay. Um, but but so finding out that Patrick McGowan made this entire series, I didn't never know that. I don't know if that's well, common was... knowledge. I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't realize he like wrote, directed, produced so much of it. Well, yeah, it was like you know, like you said, kind of his pet project. But that you know, what what is he going for exactly? Is he saying I, all... I can tell what he's going for. He's going for exactly this. He makes a show where the beginning of the show he quits his previous job. And then everything is infuriating and everyone is insane and constantly aggravating so that he has a chance to be as angry as he possibly wants without any one being like, why is that guy so angry? Just, oh, he's, he's a fine he's, actor. He has created, he has created the, the perfect environment for him to do the thing that he's comfortable doing, which is being, being enraged and also being the only sane person. Did he get a lot of guff for ending danger uh, for secret agent ending secret agent then? I don't believe so, but he, I think he got a lot of guff for the ending of this series. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. Thinking about the, um, is he trapped by the BBC? Is he feeling trapped by society? So I, let's take mm, it on a, probably, probably feeling if, trapped by his own career. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? Yeah. That could be it, but yeah. Um, like, what do you think? Do you think that an American ver there could, or what American or Canadian version of this would be after Star Trek completes a really long run? William Shatner makes a series for himself where he's, where he has, he's trapped in some kind of infuriating world and he just has no reason to do anything but just go, ah, just screaming at people. And then it makes perfect sense. Is that what happens in Star Trek six for, well, only for 10 minutes, but eh, no. <laughs> Well, yeah, Star Trek Six is more of a. I feel almost like Star Trek Six was like let's send Kirk to a to a planet and make him kind of down on his luck because last movie didn't go very well. But that's not that's not actually Star Trek Six was good. I don't remember much about it. I, I guess people would be more into someone's like weird like art project series now if it were good. <laughs> like for like, sure. Tom Cruise I, I, could do that and people would uh people would absolutely go for it if he did it correctly. I think that's what the new Nick Cage movie is sort of even though he didn't direct it. Oh right. Okay. You what know about this movie? No, no he, plays him, he plays himself. No, I haven't heard of that yet. That sounds good. He fantastic. plays himself and it's called like the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's supposed well, to be very be good. terrible. Okay, good. It's um, the guy, the Mandalorian guy, plays like a mob guy who abducts him or something, and they end up mixed up together. And okay, he plays a fictional version of himself, N I C K Cage. Ah, <laughs> that, that's he has also long. gone on record. He's gone on record as saying that he'll never watch it because he did a fictional version of himself. But, okay, I, that would be more of a reason to watch it, wouldn't it? It would be more recent for us to watch it. So I'm just try, I'm just trying to spell out your viewpoint. So in, would you say this is a fictional version of McGowan on screen? Is he really this angry? You know, <laughs> I think I think it's an externalized version of his his ego or his inner self. I think it's like he's he took he's he has been handed himself a spotlight and been like, this is what I this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I do, and he's just gonna puts himself in a situation where everyone is infuriating he's going to be angry and we're going to all side with him because like have you ever watched the prisoner and thought to yourself why is he so angry 
no not at all the prisoner is like if you were trapped on that island you would go insane like most people would just go insane immediately or or like me try to take the helicopter and get killed he had some whiskey in his apartment right i mean there are There's people who would be happy there <laughs> there, are, there are people that would be happy there but i don't think very many people would not understand why someone would be angry we've got the uh the i guess the shattered people on the boat <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was pretty weird <laughs> there's a lot like... of casually shattered people so more than i remember there being maybe to be an accepted part of the island you basically have had to have uh, self-lobotomized yourself you know self-lobotomized yourself that was using the word self too many times okay <laughs> i do well i i think this is a this is an elevated version of there there would be a way to do this badly and this is definitely not it because if everyone was happy all the time on this island it would be boring and dumb it's it's good that there's a lot of like people breaking and people kind of being like okay well like i i'll help you but don't tell anybody there's like a lot of that and then there's yeah, a lot of just evil everyone here including number two is you know compromised right mm-hmm a certain degrees of compromise i mean once you've gone nuts i mean that's a different version of compromise than uh being quote unquote in charge um so i guess the the main compromiser in this episode would be uh cobb yes who's the only person that gets a name in this episode too i believe well he sort of he does a kaiser soze basically yes. <laughs> yeah 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 but um I did kind of wonder, is he going to walk out of that room at the end and then get a bullet in the back of his neck? Well, we know this. He's not in any other episodes. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, like Winston Smith Spoiler. in 1984, right? He's just, uh, mm -hmm. at the end, he's just, oh, some, someday there's going to pop a, a cap in my neck, you know? I think it's really fun to, to consider that if someone's not on any further episodes, that they're definitely dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> you don't leave the village do you <laughs> nope but um i i guess my how broken a person does that because it was his uh fellow spy i guess i guess spies could be want to shaft each other anyway but that's spy mm -hmm. stuff yeah <laughs> i mean it wasn't sympathetic i'm just like he's obviously been there longer and you know well wait Cobb. yeah because it seems I mean, like they... do we know that Cobb, how long, we know that the woman who helped number six met Cobb on the island, but he's definitely been, he's definitely there just to get information, right? Because you see him at the end and he's like, See, well, I, I kind of assumed he was another prisoner who had, you know, that was his ticket out. Well, he says he... Well, yeah, maybe I, th I sort of just thought he was just in it the whole time just to, just to mess with him. Like he just to mess with number six and he was just, he went and went and couldn't keep his new masters waiting. And he said, oh, Wiedersehen. As if we didn't, didn't <laughs> as if we were wondering, uh, how evil he was. Um, uh, I don't remember. I mean, number two, the very is end. A, number two is also a prisoner or not, which, which number two going? is also i that's a good question and i don't know it's like what how do you when they break number six do they hope to break number six and then get number six to help them break other guys because well, that doesn't they, seem likely 
because they are like, oh, you can even get positions of power here. We have voting and stuff, right? Mm. I mean, it's it basically suggested, oh, you could be number two one day, which kind of seems like a bad position because you don't last long as number two. I mean, if you are number, if you're in charge, but you're still a prisoner, and if you screw up and break the rules, you're still a prisoner. Well, it's just, I I don't understand entirely what the numbers do, but if if number six is number six then anyone with a higher number does does that mean that mean he has to they have to answer to him if he finds like number 45 can you tell him what to do probably not you could try and manipulate him i guess yeah i don't know i think they do get um you know obviously this is episode one but i think they do get yes. a little bit more into what these numbers mean but that that's just one of the things that makes it fascinating here oh here yes. we go how long could you be trapped in Epcot Center's World Showcase? <laughs> That's pretty village-like. I'm going to say 40 days. Okay, and 40 That's nights. Giving my, that's giving That's giving myself biblical. a lot of credits. Yes, very, 40 very, days and 40 nights, and then I'll part the seas of the, of the, the world <laughs> river, lagoon. the world <laughs> lagoon, and drown myself. I, uh, okay, now we know. Uh, that's that's probably one doesn't one couldn't possibly know what would actually happen. Maybe I could last longer than that. So uh, we're looking at a pilot. Pilots can be amazing. Pilots can you know show promise and not be particularly good. Um, how does this work? How does this hold up for you as like a pilot episode? I think it's a pretty by the numbers pilot, but there's some fun stuff in there. Yeah, it does. There's definitely a lot of like uh, a lot of here's this and here's this and here's this and here's this and uh, without any real tension because because he's just listening, even though he's probably enraged. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like I guess this is almost like the trailer for the rest of the show sort of pilot. Because, you know, it's like, oh, there's the psychic driving wards. Like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, remember, do you remember in The Return of the Jedi where where after after you're, you're fed the whole thing about Darth Vader and Luke and then he's, you know, he gets out, he does a bunch of cool stuff and then he goes back and then it's just him and Darth Vader just kind of walking around and you're just kind of like, what? Why aren't you guys killing each other? <laughs> it feels like that. Okay, makes sense when you're older, but yeah, when you're a kid watching Return of the Jedi, it's definitely like it's like yeah, like stab him. He's right there. He's right there. Stab him. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like good. it's like shippers. They're like just kiss, just kiss, and you're just like just stab, just no, just just, just skewer kiss him with po, the lightsaber. Finn, just kiss Poe. Just kiss him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so you're going by the numbers on this one. Um, I I feel like it's got a little more flavor than just to buy the numbers pilot so i might give it yeah. like a yeah i didn't mean that is like the i didn't mean that is like the entire thing because there's some really cool sequences in it the the escape at the end is cool that everything where he's running through all the statues is awesome you know just a few little things that i think i think we see more of it later in the series but there's yeah, enough yeah, there that's really fun. like i said you get the glimpses of things i mean i guess we have the most um tactile encounters with with rover in this episode but that is kind of the most mm-hmm. you know that's that's the elephant in the room or the the big ball on the village so makes sense i th- 
I think Rover is number one. Mm, okay. I think the ball is number one. Okay, that's a theory. Yes, yes. But he doesn't Put that, have pin that to the board. Tag. Okay, he doesn't. Yeah, have it's, inside. it's inside. It's <laughs> inside. Uh, I there were little touches. I loved like the creepy doll that said "Welcome to your home" from home on it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> your home from it is your home. Your now. home from welcome to your home from home. And what happens to his old apartment? Do they just put it on the market or what? It's still there. There's probably just a guy sitting in it. Yeah, waiting for number six to escape, just in case. There's there's a ball, like a smaller ball that's inside of him, waiting for him to come back. <laughs> if if that's, he comes back. That's when you uh don't keep around three year olds so they don't try and eat them and choke on them, because that's how that ball works. <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Um, so I don't have any background. I couldn't find anything about the making of the ball, but I probably didn't search hard enough because I had a bunch of other things to look look up. But. It probably has something to do with the history of latex balloons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it's cool. It's a cool prop, but I, no one's ever going to say that that's like a expensive prop. I think <laughs> maybe maybe, they, maybe it was like insanely expensive and they spent their money poorly. Um, uh, well, okay. I, if I looked even a little bit on Wikipedia, I would have found it. But right. anyway, no, no, <laughs> it was originally going to be a robot. That would have been way too expensive. I get it. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer? No, nah, I prefer the ball. It's inspired the ball. by a weather balloon. Yeah, I think the ball is a nice, good. It's again, it's like in Star Trek. It's like well, we can't sh- do shuttlecrafts every week. Just okay, transporter. Well, that's cool because they they can do something with. They can do something with very little money that is kind of terrifying and imposing. Yeah, because it's faceless, right? It's 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 mm-hmm. literally a blank slate coming after you. So that's kind of cool. And they can just film like three quarters of it, and you don't know there's like somebody pushing it or anything. So let's psychoanal- psychoanalyze the episode. What is the mind game in this particular episode? The- I guess. I could go with um, the mind game is like you said, controlling your rage because number six obviously is in a position where he really would like to just start screaming at people, which he does a couple of times. Right. So he uh, screams more than more than you would think. Is this is this <laughs> like is this anger management? The TV show sort of without the jokes? Perhaps I haven't seen that, but hey guys, I, I think it's about biding your time. Yeah. I think that the people in charge are also biding their time because they're sort of like there's a little bit of back and forth through like well you're not going to break this guy really easy like okay well maybe we'll see so would a better title for this episode actually be orientation yes that's basically what it is everybody's biding their time the, the real mind games haven't quite started we get we get the little one at the end with but it's kind of like normal spy stuff subterfuge right I mean, if, if if this was a modern TV show, it probably would be called Welcome to the Village. That would be the name of the first episode. I think I think Lost actually did have an episode called Orientation, so I could be around that. Of course, that's Welcome now 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the place was called Lost on that show. I think the first episode of Oz was called Welcome to Oz. No, no the first episode of Lost was actually called Pilot. Oh, I get it. There was a pilot. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that, that was that was cunning. I mean, Arrival's not a bad title, but yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like we haven't quite arrived yet, but um, yeah, I, I think 
I'm not sure. Well, oh, I should mention show order. Uh, we're basically I have still have the DVD sitting right here, but uh, we're oh, basically I forgot using... to put that in the uh, I forgot to put that in the trivia. Yes, there is some disagreement over what the proper order is. Anyway, um, yeah, in great part because of those four episodes, they just had to kind of shoehorn in, horn in, right? Mm -hmm. I believe next week is uh, one of those. For, uh, for any interested parties, it turns out you can watch the entire show on YouTube. So I'm just going to, I guess we're going to follow the YouTube playlist. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I believe that makes the next one the chimes of chimes of Big Ben. It might be. Yeah. Do, 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 do. See, I can't check. Playing. That's the first thing that comes up on IMDb is this is better than the pilot episode. Okay, that's cool. Oh, the <laughs> first the first DVD only has the uh, the arrival on it. Disc two. What? Actually, oh. oh, hey, wait, no, actually, this is free for all. See, that's the whole point. Oh, I get why, because my first disc had the Chimes of Big Ben as an alternate version, and then just so next one is free for all. So, yeah. Okay. If anyone's so, I just confused anyone listening. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> free for all is the next episode, is what you're saying? Yes, free for all is free for all is the next episode. Free for all. Okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I guess we're. I guess we're following. Well, we have to now. Yeah. We, we now we have to. Okay. We are, we are. Or following you can just edit the, this out. No, it's in. We are following the A and E DVD order then, and the next one is free for all. Okay. Because I can always just grab the disc and check. <laughs> um, like I said right now we are streaming on two podcast platforms because I can do that without too much trouble. Uh, we don't have specific social media yet, but if you head for oral hygiene pod at Twitter or Facebook, you can uh, tell us, please cut your shop talk for the love of God. Um, <laughs> mm. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what else? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We do many podcasts. We talk about sci-fi films, the Matt and Luke sci-fi sanctuary. We also do the Twilight Zone at Time Enough podcast, and you can hear video game podcasts all under the Patreon umbrella of Podcastio Podcastius. And you can give us some money. Keep the Zoom rolling if you want. Um, I'm scoring a film called Content the Lo-Fi Man, which you probably can find on Arrow by the time this airs. I'm, or is, is by the time this is uploaded, whatever that is. Airs. I think, I think podcast August. air. Podcast air. They're in the air, right? You could use your Wi-Fi around august okay so yeah you could do that too then okay can can nothing like a, a big red rubber ball that's a that there's my that's the biggest <laughs> that's the biggest problem i have with this episode <laughs> i want a red rubber ball oh i don't right, right. i mean you could just color co edit it it's not hard after right. effects could do that I'm, all I'm gonna do is cut out a little red sheet of paper and just hold it to the screen when I do it. <laughs> you could just do the thing where you get the crazy ball from the uh, vending machine and just throw it at the screen every time Rover shows up. Or I could just get those Cyclops Cyclops glasses and just wear those while watching the show. That'll do it. Yep. Uh, anyway, stay prisoned. Rawr! Your ice cream this time. <laughs>
Time of exile is over, pilgrimage of the cosmic warrior. Grasses of the fair lands ever seen, ancient tree wisdom ever ring, echoing and echoing through time. To enter the halls of our ancestors, ascending the sacred hill of Tara.